up, everybody, and welcome back to the Outfielder Podcast, episode 21, brought to you by Sensibly Loud Media. I am your host, Justin, a.k.a. J-Mac, a.k.a. Founder Numero Uno, and I am joined by my co-host, Mr. Popfly himself, Founder Numero Dos, Ben. Don't sleep on Minnesota. Baseball. Ben, <laughs> what's going on, man? <laughs> I love it. Well done not sleeping on Minnesota. I will do my best to not sleep on Minnesota. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. I'm glad to be back doing the uh, second episode of the week with you, man. This is two in a row. I know. That's how you know it's going to be either a good week or we need to find new hobbies. I don't know which one, but I like where, where we're going on this. I'm going to stick with the good week thing just because we like to stay on the more positive side of things here on the Outfielder. That's right. That's right. Always look on the bright side of life, my friend. What's going on in your week so far? Anything exciting on your uh, on the old baseball noodle today? Dude, so <laughs> I've got to tell you a little bit about what happened with the goddamn post office today. Oh, goodness. Awesome. Well, I shouldn't say today. This is over the course of the last month. Okay, awesome. Okay. Uh, if, if you're about to complain about the price of stamps, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be upset. It is not stamp related this time. That's <laughs> for another show, I think. Excellent. Okay. Awesome. Tell me more. So my wife and I are going down to Houston for the Red Sox Astros series because we live in Dallas. So we're going down to Houston, kind of making a weekend of it, right? Yeah, next week. Absolutely. So that's going to be a hell of a series. I'm really, really excited about it. Uh, Just given where both teams are. But anyway, so I buy, I go on uh, what used to be called the Yawkey Way store, which has recently changed uh, because they no longer have Yawkey Way in Boston. So it is now called like, it's the King racist or something, right? What was he? (laughs) Yeah. He was like, he was a, uh, like one of the, he was the owner of the Red Sox, whatever they traded, like, uh, Bambino and stuff like that. So like he is, um, actually, you know what? He bought them afterwards, but it doesn't matter. Anyway, he was just known to be racist. And so they had to change the name of the street because it was named Yawkey way after Tom Yawkey. And so they had to change it. And, and so that was a whole big thing. And they, they finally just decided to take it on this year for some reason, probably should have done it a long time ago, but we won't get into the whole racism and the Red Sox thing today. I want to stay in this good mood. Love um, it. Anyway, so that store changed to Jersey street store in the, in the, uh, the midst of all this happening. So the, the actual store changed names. Okay. So, which is fine. Like, it makes sense, right? But, like, even so, it made all this emailing back and forth a little bit confusing. Okay. So, emailing, you're trying to communicate with the former Yaki Way store. I'm tracking. Yeah, got it. Right. All right. So, anyway, I ordered these two shirts. Well, long story short, I live on kind of a, a dividing line of a zip code. And so, what ends up happening is a lot of times my address recognizes with one zip code, but it's not actually mine, and so things won't get delivered. And it's really, it's it's really annoying. But anyway, so I noticed I was tracking these packages, and like I ordered this on April the twenty third. So we are a month and a day past this, right? Right. And so um, about two weeks in, I was I kept keeping an eye on it, and I saw that it was getting bounced back, and it wasn't able to be delivered. And I looked into it a little bit, and finally pieced everything together and realized, oh, well, they have that wrong zip code, so it's not going to get here. So I emailed mm-hmm. the store and told them, hey, you know, I noticed that this uh, this zip code thing is going to mess up the delivery of this package, and I'm not going to get it. And they said, oh, no big deal. You know, as soon as we get it, you know, once it returns to the factory, we'll just, you know, 
put the right address on it and ship it back to you. I was like, okay, okay. cool. No big deal. Sounds fair enough. Right. For so, sure. so about two weeks go by, and, and which leads me up to like last night. And I start looking into this, and I was like, huh, I wonder if they ever, like, if it, if it shows, like, in the tracking that it ever got back. Yeah, at this point, you're just standing outside by the mailbox shirtless waiting for your new shirt to arrive. Correct. And so the other portion of this is whenever they shipped it to me, it was one of those things where it's, like, UPS that ships the package, but then they hand it to the USPS to put in your mailbox. Okay, and I'm with you. I've told a lot of people about this, but, like, only like I'd say a handful of them know what I'm talking about when I do when I talk about that. I do know what you're talking about. Okay, at least at least you're on my side here. I appreciate it that. Well, let's not go that far. But no, I'm kidding. Okay. Anyway, so um, they had turned it. So UPS showed that it turned over to the post office, which is fine. So they had like another tracking number for the post office. So I looked at the post office, you know, tracking number, and basically saw. So this is like with the USPS at this point. And so, mind you, this is a month later, and mm-hmm. what the the notice says is absolutely shocking, which leads me to so many questions that I don't even know how to deal with. Okay. Uh, it said that the item could not be delivered to the sender, or uh, back to the sender, or to the, the recipient, which was me, and so the item had been disposed of. Disposed of? I don't know what that means. Yeah, that that seems uh that seems a little strange. It's definitely strange. Like I don't understand I, uh, dude, I'll let the listeners ponder that, but there are so many questions I have about like is there an incinerator at the post office? Is is that a job that we don't know about within the post office? What happens behind that counter? Uh, you know, what what kind of big game is or what what kind of silly game is you know big stamps? I, I don't dude, there's so many questions. I don't even know. I know. I, I feel like anytime you're you're having a fight with the postal service like that, I mean well it, what's it what's it just doing out there? Just kinda makes me want to give up, you know? It's not like it's gonna be out there waving from such great heights or something. Exactly. It, it's really annoying. And so like I don't know what they did with my shirts, but they just apparently disposed of them. Yeah. So I emailed the the store and they were really cool about it. They they um you know, they sent me new ones. So that, that was really awesome of them. They didn't have to do that. So shout out there. I got you. Well, good. Yeah. But anyway, I, I was, I hope I was, you eventually get your new shirt. I, I'm sure I will. And it's not, it's more just the principle of the thing. And I want to know what the hell the post office did with that package. I'm picturing there. It's like all the kids running around in impoverished countries wearing like Patriots undefeated t-shirts and then two yeah. of them are wearing you and your wife's Red Sox shirts. Dustin Pedroia shirts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what an unbelievable situation. But yeah, it, it had me kind of pissed off all day, but like I said, I they actually, made it right. I actually have a clothing pet peeve if you have a brief moment. Go on, yeah. Um, probably the way that I would get angriest with myself is, this is so stupid. If my jeans don't dry all the way and they feel dry, but they have that wet clothes stank on them. And I realized after I got into work today that I was essentially wearing skunk pants. Skunk pants. <laughs> and so I texted my wife and I was like, I don't think our jeans were all the way dry. So I kid you not, right before we started recording this, I went down to go take the jeans after rewashing the entire load. I took them out of our closet so I could rewash them with like extra fabric softener. Because, hey, stop writing that down. Don't write down skunk pants. That's not going to be the next drop. (laughs) 
anyway, so you know they, well. I just moved them to the dryer. So so later on, after we go around the diamond, um, you know, remind me at the end of this episode, Justin, to put my pants in the dryer. Okay. <laughs> I will try. I will try. That was an amazing story, and I didn't realize that it was headed that direction. But it makes sense. I did see you. I mean, while we were in the pre-show meeting, you jumped up and and went yeah. to take care of the pants. So. And if you saw me at work today and I looked uncomfortable or if you noticed me with a clothespin on my nose, thank you for not saying anything. It was just because of the wet pants smell. <laughs> That's so Pepe Le Pew of you. Yeah. <laughs> this is going all kinds of off the rails. By the way, Pepe Le Pew is like a really rapey character, but we can we can just leave that out there. Don't make that face. <laughs> Whoa. Dude, that's <laughs> you're you're full of gold tonight. Um, <laughs> all right, well, you know what we should do real quick. I would be remiss if we did not. We have a callback from the last okay. episode and um, a question from Dan, who's one of our listeners and our faithful listeners, and uh, so we kind of needed to address that. Awesome. No, let's let's throw it out to outfielder Dan. What's he have to say? So the first thing is the callback. In last episode, you and I, I don't know what tangent we got on. What else is new, I guess, about um, the difference between a tuba and a sousaphone. Love it. And you awesome. like made up, you know, a whole uh, a whole thing, which mm-hmm. honestly passed off for. I mean, part of it was actually true. I know. So, like, uh, anyway, so we we uh, needed to pull that up. So I'm pulling this up right now real fast because I want to make sure I, I, you know, quote it correctly. But Dan sent us the actual definition of, of the difference between a sousaphone and a tuba. And it's this okay. whole long article that really goes into it. So I really appreciate him uh, making sure that we're correct. So do you want to know something interesting? As I also just looked up the origins of the sousaphone. Yeah. Like, I thought you were just giving me credit because I said that it's basically the same thing as a tuba, like the same length. Right. I, in my fake news segment where I was just BSing about what would have been a funny story, I totally was right that it was developed by John Philip Sousa. Like, I just guessed on that based <laughs> on the name. But uh, it, so in my fake uh, fake segment about it, I said that it was developed by John Philip Sousa in the late 1800s um, because he needed like a movable instrument for a dance number. And it actually was developed by J.W. Pepper and John Philip Sousa in 1893. Take that. I, I think I'm going to have to go back and listen to that. I, I don't know if you were that specific. I told. OK. All right. Well, we'll we will. We will check the record. We will go back. Uh, and see what we have etched into the stone tablets of the outfielder archive, but so we can go ahead and check on it. That's exactly why we have th- this archive. I know, I know. It's taking up like a load of space in my garage. It hurts my back when I try to move them. My kids want to just play on the on the tablets, and they yeah. say no. Those Dude. are official records, kids. Dude, yeah, I don't. I mean, you're gonna run out of garage space. You're just gonna have to get a bigger one or build some sort of contraption to keep them in. That's right. We'll have to we'll have to work on that. Anyway, all right. Back on topic here. So thank you, Dan, for for making sure that we are we are correct and proving Ben right. I think I don't know. I, I don't I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know. I think his text to me was just stop spreading fake news. Is what I think he said. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. Um. All right. So Dan's question 
what without bias he he wanted to emphasize that what what is your favorite ballpark okay that's an interesting question because I haven't been to nearly as many of you, but I definitely have a favorite type of ballpark. So what I mean by that to say is while yes, I like the classic styles that showed up in the in the nineties, um, you know, my beloved Rangers ballpark that's going away, uh the last Braves field that they tore down, those are nice ballparks, but I'm more of a sucker for ballparks in killer locations. So for me, I really like the ones that are like embedded in a downtown area or like you can see the mountains like you can in Colorado. So I'm all about the overall, yes, I'm getting to see this amazing game, but also like what else is going on around me. I got you. That's I I, I respect that. I like that. I think, I mean, it's hard to deny that like if you're thinking about it that way that like St. Louis is not one of the coolest ones out there. Mm-hmm. just for that or even uh the tigers ballpark is awesome because you can see downtown there um pittsburgh's is really cool yeah there's some really really good ones that have that that iconic view for sure it, it definitely is a kind of about the the surroundings yeah and and um, i guess i don't know if it's in me and my old age sort of thing you know now that i've hit 30 i care about the aesthetics going on around the ballpark I don't think it's less of that. What about you? So I'm more of a fan of the the ballpark stylings of like um, Camden Yards. Okay. You know, it has a little bit of a like industrial feel to it a little bit. I really like that design a lot. Like I think Camden Yards is probably one of the mo- more underrated ballparks in the in the uh, MLB, but. Isn't it like like the fourth or fifth oldest or something like that? It's pretty old, right? I, I think it's up there. Uh, so from Camden Yards, you'll notice in center to uh, right field, like right center to right field, there's like a nice old sort of brownstone type building. Uh, and then just past the Jumbotron, you do have a nice, uh, nice view of kind of downtown Baltimore area. And Baltimore is a big city, but it's not a huge city. It's more like a Fort Worth side city. Um, but yeah, you definitely get some good, some good views on that. Let me see how old Camden Yards is. It was bo- opened in '92, so it might not be. Well, I know Rangers they tore a bunch of them down. '94, so yeah. Anyway, interesting. Well, anyway, so I like that style a little bit better. Um, but I really, I also appreciate the grandeur of like what, um, like the ballpark in Arlington is like for the Rangers. I really like that, like almost classic feel too, like almost like the Yankees kind of the grand feel to it. Mm-hmm. I would say though. So the, the best mix between the two views, hands down, all that is AT&T park in San Francisco. Okay. It's second to none. It's easily the best ballpark I've ever been to. And it's not even really close, man. That's awesome. It's too bad. Did you ever have... go to candlestick? Uh, I did when I was really, really young, so I don't, re- I, oh. I don't remember it at all. But I, I was super young. I saw the A's play there. I'm pretty sure. Oh, nice. Yeah, baseball was always a son of a bitch at that place because of the draft winds of where it was located off the bay. I thought you were gonna say because you were four. <laughs> 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 well, that too. Did you ever see that thirty for thirty about the day that the uh, A's and the Giants were playing each other in the World Series during that 
and they had the earthquake happen. No, but I heard about that. It's the uh, 93 World Series, and um, we talked about it in like our first episode, I think. But it's really interesting to read, um, to go back and hear the sportscasters talk about it and just like how the world stopped, you know? Are you sure that was 93? 88, 93, somewhere in there. It was like 89, I'm pretty sure. Because I'm pretty sure my dad had a shirt that said, I survived the quake of 89. <laughs> Let me Google yep, it. Yep, it was 89. Quick. Nice. Good for you. Yeah. Uh, anyway. By the way, I looked up oldest ballparks for those keeping track. Oldest is Fenway, 1912. Then we have Wrigley, 1914. Next oldest, still playing Dodger Stadium, 62. A- uh, Angel Stadium, 66. Oakland Coliseum, 66. Gross. Uh, Kauffman Stadium. Yeah. Yes, the Royals, that's number five. Yep. Rogers, 89. The Trop, 90. Cool. Um, so it's about the ninth oldest ballpark. I Royal wish they would just tear the Trop down. That place um, blows, dude. I'm watching the Red Sox play in there right now, and it is just, the roof and all that is so annoying. Yeah. Anyway, tangent, tangent, tangent. Um... Awesome. Well, we want to thank Dan for asking that question. Yeah, and definitely. by the way, if any of y'all have questions, hit us up on social media. We'll work it into a segment. Once we get enough, we'll bring back a segment called The Slide, where we slide into those DMs and see what's going on. Yep, absolutely. All right, Ben, tell you what. Tell me who is sponsoring the pod today. Oh, okay, yeah. Let me go ahead and check and uh, check the old teletype here. Looking for the perfect addition to your spring bouquet? Look no further than Buttercups, straight from Buttercup Dixon. This outfielder from Maryland played for eight teams in seven years and is widely considered to be the first Italian-American to play in the majors. Take that, DiMaggio. Nice. We'll give you the nice applause and everything there. Thank you. Uh, yeah, old-timey baseball names. He played from 1878 to 1885. <laughs> you know how we are about those old-timey baseball names. Here, check these out. Started with the Cincinnati Reds, the Troy Trojans, the Worcestershire Ruby Legs, the <laughs> Pittsburgh Alganies, the St. Louis Maroons, Baltimore Orioles, the Louisville Eclipse, and the Buffalo Bisons. Wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> The Maroons? <laughs> the St. Louis Maroons in so 1884. incredibly fitting. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. I'll always love the uh, the throw, the callback to uh, the old days with that. That's yes. awesome. I like it. All right. Well, it is time for everyone's favorite segment. What do you think, Ben? Definitely ready. What do we got here? We got... Around oh, the oh, Diamond! Oh, yeah. Yay! Around the diamond, we are going to bring you the latest standings in the MLB. Ben, are you ready? I am, but I need to ask you a question. Okay. Do you need to take blood pressure medication or something, given what happened in the AL East this week? Are you going to be too excited to talk? No, I'm doing all right, man. I'm I'm really pumped with where everything is, but let's, let's go down the standings first, and then we'll talk about it. Love it. Um, let's do it. So the Red Sox are leading the division, baseball, and the AL. We'll, we'll put all of that together. Uh, at 34 and 15, the Yankees at 31 and 15, the Rays at 22 and 25, the Blue Jays at 23 and 27, and Baltimore at 16 and 34. Ben, start us off with thoughts. 
So definitely props to Boston for pulling away. They're on a four-game win streak, so good for them. Um, New York Yankees, what are you doing losing to the Rangers? I want my Rangers to win ball games. Don't get me wrong, but they're twenty and thirty-one. Y'all are thirty-one and fifteen. You had no business dropping two <laughs> out of three to the Texas Rangers. It's May twenty-fourth, and they've won twenty games. Boy, that was a wild series. Yeah. Yeah, high-scoring series, too. Very interesting. Uh, definitely lets you know just how great Rangers pitching is. Oh, wait. Um, no, I think the Rangers' bats are, are streaky, but we'll, we'll, we'll speak more about the East on it. Um, I wanted to ask you a question about Tampa, Toronto, and Baltimore. So Tampa and Toronto are 11 and 11.5 game backs, respectively. Uh, they're both pretty decently below 500. At what point, if you're those teams, and we'll throw Baltimore in there as well because they're in the bottom at 18 and a half back, at what point do you call it a season? Well, I mean, so like these clubs are going to keep playing ball because the thing is, especially until the deadline, because you're trying to hope that even if you're not going to be there, that you could possibly be a valuable piece somewhere else for a playoff contender. Um, you just never know. So that's going to keep these guys in it. Um, the Rays are probably even doing better than anticipated. Mm -hmm. There's still a couple games under 500. They've been doing some unorthodox things with their their pitching. Um but they're still just sort of they're kind of scrappy though, man. They're it kind of reminds me of the of the days whenever David Price was there and they were they were kind of rolling back in the day a little bit. Like 2010, 11, 12 right around that sure. era. So, um Interesting, but not quite as scrappy as far as that goes. But not not like they're going to win the division or anything. Um, the Blue Jays kind of piddling around. I don't think that they really know what they're they're driving at. Yeah, I it, they feel like a team without an identity because they yeah. have talented players. Yeah, they're just young. They're very, very young. recently they they made decent postseason runs. Yeah, they they have, but I mean. Your guys like Donaldson and everything, they're kind of streaky and you just never really know what you're going to get. There, There's some kind of glaring holes in that roster overall. Topped without, or topped off with the fact that their pitching is just young and they're mm -hmm. still going to just take some time to develop. So I wouldn't anticipate much out of them other than just kind of piddling around around 500 all year. I got you. Baltimore, that's a, thing's a mess, man. They're going to have to burn that down. And I don't think Dan Duquette, their GM, is is that safe at this point. Probably time who would be a better GM, Dan Duquette or outfielder Dan, who writes into our our podcast? Outfielder Dan. At least he could make moves that are based on logic and common sense. Or comedy. Or comedy. I, I'm good with that, especially in my own division. Love it. Um, the Yankees, man, I don't know what's going on there. They're, they seem a little streaky. I feel like their pitching is not nearly as good as Boston, even though Boston's pitching has been uh, banged up some. I still just feel like by the time we get to that Yankees series at the end of June, it's gonna things are gonna be real interesting at that point for both teams. Yeah, I want to say it was two episodes two episodes ago that we spoke with um two episodes ago that we spoke about um, Yankees pitching, and I want to say they were eighth or ninth best in the MLB. Uh, that's fallen to twelfth to fifteen ish, like in that yeah. range. So. Their, their pitching has definitely started to kind of fall out uh, a little bit. Yeah, I believe it. I think that – I just think that they're kind of 
underestimating. I think they've got a better, probably a better bullpen than Boston does. Probably not better. It's just Boston has a lot of things like uh, Carson Smith was, you know, gave up a couple of runs the other night and threw his glove down and hurt his shoulder, like separated his shoulder almost. And, you know, just over a dumb thing. And he was someone they traded for. They really hope, you know, traded a lot of pros or a couple of prospects for. They were really hoping to get value out of Tyler Thornburg's kind of in the same boat where this is sort of his year. He was just out the entire first year with the Red Sox with uh, Tommy John surgery. So they've mm -hmm. got a lot of question marks around the bullpen, but like Joe Kelly's pitching really, really well, plus fighting people, which is incredible. <laughs> and I, I just, they're, I, I feel like at this point, the, the best way to describe how I feel and I, over the years, at, at different points in the season, you've always asked me, you know, like, how are you feeling about where Boston is right now? And sure. truthfully, the best way to describe it is right now I feel like things are going really well. They've got more wins than any other team in baseball right now. Yep. They've got 15 losses. Like, things could be far worse. And they're still a game and a half up on the Yankees, but they just um, – it just feels like I'm waiting for something to go wrong. Yeah, I mean, A, you always got to watch out for injuries, but especially when a team is doing well, uh, and even more so if they're your team, like you're kind of always waiting, feeling like the other shoe's going to drop. So I definitely understand that. Um, yeah. How can I help, my friend? No, you're good. It's just going to, time will tell, you know, it's just uh, a little bit uh, unnerving. It'll be fine. I, I, I'm i worrying over nothing, right? I mean, it's a long it's May season. May 24th. Though. Yeah. But I've also watched a team win 96 games and miss the playoffs. So, I mean, you know, they've they've definitely let me down before. Sure. So I'm with you. I'm cautiously optimistic, but with Mookie Betts and J.D. Martinez both being two of the best players in baseball and having the most home runs, I am not, I, not nearly as apprehensive as I was. So sure. We'll see. We'll see what happens. All right, let's move on to the Central. Yeah, uh, definitely some interesting things going on in the Central. Tell me more. Yeah, so Cleveland, one game over 500 at 24 and 23. Minnesota at 21 and 24. Detroit, 21 and 28. Kansas City, 16 and 33. The White Sox, 15 and 32. Not much has changed. Yeah, to me, our big question from last episode on Sunday or Monday was if Cleveland is going to kind of start to figure it out. I don't think that they're a 24 and 23 team. I think they're better than that, but I'm starting to get a little worried that I haven't seen it. Once again, to play your drop from earlier, don't sleep on Minnesota. <laughs> That's, I love that you cut that. That's so funny. Um, that was not the one you were expecting, was it? No, it wasn't. It was not at all. Um, yeah, I think if I'm a Twins fan, I'm, I'm in pretty pretty decent shape right now. And if you're in the Tigers... I want to say um, you and I had the Tigers in terrible shape this year whenever yeah. we did our, our AL prediction. So uh, they're four back, but that's a healthy four. That's that's not a hard four to make up against the Indians. So Yeah, they're benefiting from the, a really bad division, that's for sure. Because, I yeah. mean, they're four and six of their last ten. And if you kind of keep on that track, you're going to mount wins. But, I mean, you're not going to mount. I mean, you're not going to win, win over 70, 80 games. Yeah, well, and, and this many games into the season, I think it's always interesting to see who has a winning percentage that's less than a third of their games. Both Kansas and Chicago are in that 
are in that space where if you double their wins, that's still not more than their amount of losses. Kansas is at 16 <laughs> and 32, Chicago at 15, or excuse me, Kansas at 16 and 33, Chicago at 15 and 32. It's just rough space to be in. And you'd think with two teams that week that Cleveland would have been able to beat up on them a little bit more. But I don't think Cleveland's had a chance to play them. Or if they have, they haven't been able to put too s- substantial of a dis- distance between them. Boy, isn't that the truth? And that's that's what should scare you as a Cleveland fan is fan is just that. I mean, they're they're terrible in a really really bad division, you know, or they're just barely ahead of it in a really bad uh, division. But they have a ton of people in the DL. Uh, that's a big part of it. Lonnie Chisenhall, um, Brandon Geyer, Tyler Naquin, Danny Salazar, one of their starters. He's on the 60-day DL. Uh, Bradley Zimmer, he's kind of an up-and-comer that I've kind of been all about for a while. Um, they've got a lot of people on the DL. Cleveland oh. does. I will say, Francisco Lindor is probably one of the most underrated players in the uh, in baseball right now. Oh, dude, you are not wrong. Plus, he makes some awesome chocolate. You know who told me not to talk about this? Who? The great Sambino. Okay, So I'm talking about this despite him. Take that, Sam. Take that. I'm just kidding. I like you. Um, Lindor is hitting 306. He has an OBP of 380, slugging 571, and has an OPS of 952. He's driven in 27 runs. He's hit. 12 home runs. He's had a, he's having a good year, man. Yeah, I um I definitely would love to see that sort of production coming out of Arlington. He is and I'll tell you career he's a 294 hitter and that's including this year. Uh but a career 294 352 OBP, slugs 45, 837 OPS. So he's playing he's out kicking his coverage in almost all in every one of those this year so far. That's awesome. Are you? Do you have uh, WAR up? Yeah, I do. Well, it's on a different section, but I'll get to it. Um, it's pretty insane, man. Well, while you're pulling it up, did you just choose to gloss over the Linder chocolate joke? Because that's really disappointing. Yeah, you kind of got me in the while I was in the uh, on the track of reading out numbers. So, well, guess what, Justin? That's strike one. Oh. Good Lord, we need to get an umpire on this show. <laughs> I feel like that wouldn't end well for either of us. Do you think that Jimmy Midtown would be would consider being an umpire on the show? I don't know. I feel like he's never going to talk to us again. No, no I'm kidding. He actually is. So I hit him up the other night after we recorded, and he said that uh, he is going to put together his thoughts and join us in a couple of episodes. Excellent. Love it. Yeah. So I'm excited. Lindor's got a 2.8 uh, war right now. Okay. So just about three games. That's that's a good amount. That's off to yeah. a great start. That's real real good for this this part of the season. I think that about wraps up any of my thoughts on the central. Did you have anything else you wanted to add there? The one thing I wanted to talk about, boy, we're talk we we have uh, another person to get busted by steroids who plays for the White Sox. Oh, that's right. Yeah, man. Uh Yeah, Castillo. Castillo. Yeah. Um so let me tell you why this is really upsetting me. Okay. My fantasy baseball team, at the time of this taping, 
seven and zero, oh, and he was my freaking catcher. And I went to go check my lineup today, and it had SSPD next to it <laughs> in little red letters that were just mocking me. And I thought, oh, maybe it's like a two or three game suspension for fighting. No, performance enhancing drugs out. And of course, I'm playing your dumb ass this week. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of. I think you're beating me so far, right? Well, anything can happen. I've got Thor going tomorrow and Dallas Keuchel, so. Like I said, I'm not super excited. This is not a good <laughs> omen for the Denton Coyotes. That's okay. That's all right. Yeah, man, we were talking about it earlier, though. It seems like there's been a lot more of these this year. I don't know. I don't – maybe a few more out of the ordinary, but this happens every year. Yeah, and I think for me, maybe I'm just more plugged into baseball this year than I traditionally am, but it just felt like we're getting – a higher clip of players being busted earlier. You know, yeah. I think, yeah, that's just kind of where I'm at with it. That's true. I think, yeah, I, I think it always kind of goes in waves. So I think we sure. caught it that way. Well, hey, let the outfielder record show. Castillo, if you need something to do over the next 80 games, give us a call. We'll be hey, happy to have you on. Absolutely. You know, my, you know, I welcome juicers on this show. Yes, uh, I only <laughs> welcome juicers that I can use to like, make smoothies and stuff. But if you want to make me a smoothie. Wow. We need a crickets drop. I'm going to make that. We've <laughs> talked about that a hundred times. I'm making that for next show. All right, let's move on to the West. Hold on. Why do we need a drop of the of the um, Don't do it. old people's cell phones? Uh, old people's cell phones? Like cricket wireless? Is that what you're talking about? Yes. Those aren't for old people. Those are for drug dealers. Oh, I'm thinking of Jitterbug. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. My my dealers use Jitterbug. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's so funny. That is so damn funny. What's going on in the AL West? (laughs) Let's talk about the AL West. All right. The AL West. So the Astros are at 32 and 18. The Mariners, 29 and 20. The Angels, 28 and 22. Oakland is at 26 and 24 and Texas at 20 and 31. Ben thoughts. So over the last few podcast uh, weeks that we've been talking about on this show, I've been complimenting the NL East and the NL central for fielding competitive divisions. Welcome to the club AL West. You have four of your yeah. five teams above 500. Your fourth place team is only six games back. That's pretty decent spot to be in. Um, so definitely want to tip of the hat to Houston, Seattle, uh, the angels and Oakland, not so much to the Texas (laughs) Rangers. However, uh, as I mentioned earlier, my beloved Rangers, even a broken clock is, is right twice a day. So I feel like their series against the Yankees, it happened to help you out because it kind of threw the Yankees out the top of their division. But, um, it's as though even though the Rangers pitching wasn't great, they gave up nine runs in one game and like six runs in another. So did the Yankees. They, exactly. The Yankees <laughs> gave up more runs. So, so, did the Yankees, the, so it doesn't matter. The Rangers bats at least figured it out to compensate for the lack of pitching. True. Um, sure. By the way, I would be remiss if I did not tell you that as of today, it is Bartolo Colon's 45th birthday. Dude, hell Yes. Good old Big Bart. Happy birthday from the outfielder. That's awesome. It's some weird stats on uh, MLB today. It says, you know, this weekend, uh, Glaber Torres of the Yankees homered off him twice. 
Torres was three months old when Cologne made his debut <laughs> in 97. <laughs> I saw that. That's so incredible. <laughs> oh, I love it. That is so awesome. Um, yeah, I think... Um, hey, man. I was pulling for Texas hard. I really was. Because that I needed that. I needed just a little bit of padding. Just a little bit of room. I already told you I'm nervous. Um, I get it. Astros look really good. I'm really excited about this series next week. Uh, we'll we'll talk between now and then. I think uh, well, we'll talk Sunday night, and then we'll chat on uh, probably Thursday. So I'll probably talk two more times before I go. We'll, we'll just have to see. Um, I'm excited though. That's going to be a good series. I like what Seattle's doing. They're kind of they're still floating along. They still they don't seem to have uh, missed much of a beat yet from Robbie Cano being out. But I still think that ultimately time will tell that. Uh, the Angels, Otani, they, did you see that they pushed him, his start back against the Yankees? Mm-mm. Yeah, they pushed his start back. So, uh, um, has he been playing Fortnite? Oh God, I hope not. Or I hope so. I don't even know. I don't even know how I feel about him anymore. Um, but yeah, they were, uh, they're still fun to watch, but I still feel like it's kind of a, a sideshow in a way. We'll see. Yeah, I think I'm most impressed by, well, A, Houston's just continuing to dominate, second-best team in baseball right now. Um, But I'm more impressed by Seattle. They're more surprising. I don't know if they're going to maintain it, but those are my thoughts on that. You're right on. Thank you. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, Texas offense just exploded the other night, though, twice. I know. Nomar Mazzara might be pretty underrated. If so, the Rangers are probably in that like pre pre rebuild, sort of pre build probably. It's like a pre rebuild. Anyway, all I can do is just sit here and laugh like Beavis and Butthead. Right, that stupid joke. That was great. Well, that's like whenever you went off about the Bagohos for whatever reason. <laughs> like that was the first time you'd ever heard buy one get one half off <laughs> i in uh after high school i worked at a grocery store and i just had to put buy one get one stickers on everything <laughs> so trust me i am very familiar with that it's fair it's fair i love it um yeah uh, hopefully the, but so they're in that pre-rebuild you know kind of mode right now i think right now like where they're at you've got to play the hand you're dealt, see what you have. You got to figure out what you've got in Gallo. You got to figure out what you've got in Profar, Mazzara. Uh, you got to try. They got to try to start getting some more production out of Rugnet Odor. Like they've got a lot of those things to work on. But I mean, you got to figure out where you are so that way when you get to the trade deadline, you know, okay, if I'm going to trade Elvis Andrews, for example, or Mazzara, or just whatever you possibly can. You got to know what to trade for. Do we need pitching? Do we need whatever? Right. Well, and that's the thing. They need pitching. We can say that again. They need pitching. But they may as well just home grow it at this point. I mean, real deeply. Right. So get some good prospects. Right. They're probably at the start of a three or four year rebuild. Yeah. Well, everyone's saying they're really, really competitive again. Yeah, everyone's saying the new stadium is what they're waiting for. It opens in 2020, but at this pace, they won't be good again until yeah. 2022. You've got to start building that right this second. Yeah, that's it's, right. It's insane. Anyway, all right, let's move on to the National League. Um, let's go through the NL East. So we'll start there. Atlanta, tw- still on a tear, 29-19. and 19. Uh, They're 6-4 and four, their last 10. 
uh, Philly 28 and 19, Washington 26 and 22, the Mets at 24 and 21, and Miami at 19 and 30. Thoughts? Yeah, so from the bottom, um, come on, Miami, what are you doing? Will Smith wrote a song about you. Act like it. Did you happen to see that he's back in the studio? Wait, really? Yep. <laughs> God. Yep. <laughs> it's coming. There, I'm reminded now like of the Family Guy spoof of where it's Will Smith and his family friendly rap, and he's like talking about putting dishes away and wiping your feet on the mat and stuff. <laughs> awesome. Um, no, so the Mets, 24 and 21, good for them. They're making up some ground. They're only three and a half back, even though they're in fourth place. Um, just about to lap uh, the Nationals. Nationals are 26 and 22. They're three back. Phillies still figuring it out. I mean, good good for them. Atlanta is the second best team in the National League. Phillies are the third best team in the National League. And yep. I can honestly say that when the season started, I wouldn't have said that that was the way the division was going to shake out. Yep, I would agree with that. I, I yeah. am still cautiously optimistic when looking at that that Philly team, but I mean, it seems like Kapler has settled down and I, I figured that he would eventually settle in and, and start like, I, like we talked about it a ton before, but like, I feel like he just had too many toys at his disposal and he just had to kind of rein in how to use it. It's like the kid on Christmas who wants to play with everything all at the same time and just makes a mess, and eventually they get their cadence down. Or you eating cotton candy. Uh, I love me some cotton candy, bro. Exactly my point. No. <laughs> exactly my point. Can you can you guess the last time I had cotton candy? It's within the last three months. Actually, yes. So... <laughs> But only because of the kids, because uh, they got oh. it at Disney on Ice, so I had some then. But like before that, it had probably been five years. But the timing, or the the timing of that, seems suspect at best. I'm not really a sweets guy, man. Do you not remember when we talked about uh, about popcorn and my my love of popcorn? Oh yeah, that's true. I'm more of like a of a you know peanuts and cracker jacks type of guy as opposed you could put to put any song on for twelve days, and I would rather eat popcorn with John Candy. <laughs> so for those of you that just heard that drop that was our very own josh from on the break dropping in with something from our crossover episode episode 19 so make sure y'all check out on the break a basketball podcast hosted by justin kyle and josh for wonderful gems like that oh so great so great that was such a fun episode dude i'm still laughing about it i know I, d- I bet you didn't think that I had that one queued up whenever you decided to talk about popcorn, though, right? No, man. I'm <laughs> both impressed and intimidated by your pr- growing prowess on that soundboard. Love it. Love it. Um, yeah, Washington's kind of uh, – there's. I mean, they're 6-4 and four their last 10 as well. It's crazy. Atlanta, Philly, Washington, and New York are all 6-4 and four their last 10. Things are even and out there, man. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. All right, let's move on to the Central. Uh Milwaukee, the currently right now, they are the best team in the NL. What in the world? I know. 31 and 19, St. Louis 26 and 21, Pittsburgh at 27 and 22, the Cubbies at 25 and 21, and the Reds at 18 and 33. What do you think? I mean, 
the Reds are finally above winning a third of their games, so power to them. But that's all I have to say about that. I think the Cubs are starting to get some momentum going. Um, I don't know. I think that they had some question marks in their rotation, and I think they're starting to know what they're going to get from Darvish this year. He no longer is being an unknown quantity. Um, The Pirates, I mean, just good for them for hanging on this long. And as the longer that they can stay competitive, um, you know, chances are they don't have to sell. But when they got rid of, you know, their two or three big names this offseason, I did not expect them to be competitive. I didn't even expect them to be above 500. Yeah, I agree with that. I think uh, this this division is definitely starting to create at least a little bit of space. Um, I told you about the Brew Crew, man. I know you mentioned that in uh, in our preview episode. Yeah. Um, I think I had the Cubs winning, but I think you put Milwaukee to either the one yep. or two spot in the NL Central. So um, power to you for doing your homework. Let's see if they can uh, not fizzle out. Travis Shaw has just been raking at the plate lately. Do you know yeah. what his nickname is? The Rake? No. The Mayor what? of Ding Dong City. <laughs> That's the most incredible nickname I've ever heard. That was my nickname. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Oh, I love it. All right, let's move on to the West. Uh, Colorado is at 26 and 24. Arizona, 25 and 24. The Giants at 24 and 26. The Dodgers, 22 and 27. And the Padres at 21 and 30. Thoughts? First question to you around Arizona. No. (laughs) What? I was going to ask if you've ever been to Arizona. No, I'm kidding. You know I've been to Arizona, goddammit. <laughs> no, I'm just thinking about they've lost seven in a row. They're one and nine in their last ten. They're now no longer first place in the division. Is this just a hiccup or is it part of something larger? I think it's a hiccup. They're still a half they're only a half game off the lead. I mean, they've definitely yeah. struggled as of late, but they've I'm still sticking by them. I I still like them. So they're a game and a half above San Francisco. San Francisco's twenty four and twenty six, Arizona's twenty five and twenty four. If you're passed by San Francisco at that point, do the Diamondbacks start to panic or no? Uh, that's certainly a cause for concern. I'd say okay. that, yeah. But yeah. I still think that top to bottom, Arizona's a stronger team. I know that, but whether injury dictates that or not, I don't know. So we'll have to sure. see. I'm with you. I stand so, by them. One more question then, and this will round out some of my thoughts on the division. Do we still know what in the world's happening to the Dodgers? No, other than they stink at baseball. They're really starting to get into that Miami category with me real fast. Really? So Dodgers 22 and 27, Miami 19 and 30, so not too far off there. That's a uh, 449 win percent versus a 388 win percent. I'd say Miami has a run differential of minus 85. Dodgers have a run differential of plus 16. I'm not saying the Dodgers are good, but I'm not saying they're Miami level bad. Yeah, that's true. I I would say they're bad for different reasons, though. Okay. Um, I I mean, going into this year, go ahead. Well, Jeter with Mr. Man with a plan uh, (laughs) didn't give that Miami team a chance. I think that the Dodgers underestimated the risk of injury in their lineups. Yeah, I agree with that. I think also overall the West, I was just expecting to be more competitive this year. After the strong showing by Colorado, Arizona, and the Dodgers last summer, 
Um, the fact that this is the worst, uh, the worst division in the National League, you know, the leading team, this is shaping up to be very similar to what's going on in the AL Central. Yeah, that's true. Just not good baseball. Just milling around, milling around. All right, well, that rounds out around the diamond. Okay, so there are just a couple of things that I wanted to tell you about. Excellent. I can't wait to hear them. We're going to call this segment Wacky Things in Baseball. Excellent. I sure hope it's wacky. It's, it's, it's interesting. Okay. So these are three things that I think that either you may not have, you may have overlooked, number one, or uh, in a couple of these you might, what, I, I would say one of them you mo- more than likely saw. Other than that, these other two were a little bit more under the radar, but we'll talk about why and how in a second. Okay, so the, cool. The first one was in the Twins game the other day. Brian All Dozier right. smacked a ball into the like upper, like so, like think like on the outside warning track, like okay. on the in the actual cushion of the wall. Wait, really? In the cushion? Yeah, it like stuck in the cushion. Interesting. So he hit that home run, or like it was a home run, obviously, but it just stuck right in the actual cushion. Did they ever take it down? Well, yeah. I mean, the, all you had to do was jump up there and bump it with the glove, and it came down because it was just kind of sitting there. But it That's just like awesome. plopped on it. It was one of the most unreal things I've ever seen. I love it. That kind of reminds me of when someone hits it and it like gets stuck under the rain delay tarp or something. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's one of my worst fears. That would suck so bad. Like for you when you hit it in the majors. Yeah. Whenever that happens, they'll call. Me. They'll, <laughs> they'll call. call. They they have my number. I, yeah. They know my price. I have put a call out there. I'm okay. The ball is in their court at this point. <laughs> well, dare I say it's on their field. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah, it was just a long, uh, you know, drive to center and just wedged right between those. It, what it what it wedged between was the actual two panels. So, so you know how it has like the oh, lines yeah. where the mats would like kind of you know like a gym mat has. Yeah, it, it it stuck between those two things. What if that's all it was lining the outfielder, just like elementary school gym mats, that's just what they stuck are, up for the most part. They're all like yellow and red and blue and <laughs> primary colors. Yes, that'd be incredible. Um, all right. So, the which second... by the way, tri- trivia, real quick. I always liked it whenever like Ken Griffey Jr. would just leap up the side of one of those, like a dolphin jumping out of the water or something ridiculous. Oh yeah, I still love that. It's one of the best things out there. Hmm. So much fun. It almost makes me wish that there weren't a giant green wall in my left field for uh, for a outfielder to slam up against. I thought you were going to say in my living room. And I was like, what's your wife say about that <laughs> the big wall you had them build? Yeah, it was green in my living room. I get it, man. It has, what, 325 written on the side of it in white paint? <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. So the second thing is this is in college baseball. Okay. So... If you didn't know right now, the uh, there's some tournaments going on right now, and right now the SEC tournament is going on. Yeah, UT crushed the Big 12 tournament. Yeah, they did. So the SEC tournament's going on right now. Ole Miss was playing uh, Georgia the other day. Okay. Okay. So they were tied, and uh, they were tied at three in the eighth inning. So going to the ninth, right? I'm with you. All right. So uh, Ole Miss had a, a good opportunity here. 
Um, I take that back. It was 3-1. So Ole Miss okay. had a golden opportunity to close it out and win it, right? I'm with you. So uh, there was a runner on first and second. Okay. Okay. And two outs. Georgia was up to bat. Okay. Ole Miss pitcher throws the pitch. The it the it, he hits a chopper back towards the mound. I'm with you. And the um, you know what? There were runners on second and third. Excuse me. Sorry about that. And uh, so second and third. Do we want to reset? Yeah, maybe we should. No, there were runners on second and third. And so uh, he hits it's the, the chopper, chopper, comes back to the pitcher. The pitcher, and he throws it home for the out. Mm-hmm. But he didn't really need to do that because he just needed to throw it to first for the automatic force out. Right, because no one was on first. Right. So and then the, the runners didn't over. have to run. And then they stole a base because he overthrew the pitch back oh, to no. the catcher. And it was a lot. <laughs> so it was back behind the 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 plate. And so the catcher was running around. They score two runs to tie it. And they go oh on to lose. Oh, my gosh. Well. Isn't that wild? It's a good thing there's no crying in baseball. Yeah, no kidding, man. Dude, that, that is a weird factoid. So I like it. I, so far, two for two today. I, I really like what you've brought to the party. Tell me about this uh, this third factoid. I, now I'm intrigued. All right. At first I was interested. Now you have my attention. The last one has the potential to upset you. Okay. And I'll tell you why specifically in a second. Are, you, are, is the ballpark running out of nachos? No, no, no. It has nothing to, well, it, it is. it has nothing to do with the Rangers specifically, but it inadvertently does, and I'll tell you why. Okay. Do you know who Jorge Alfaro is? Mm-mm. All right, so he is the catcher for the Phillies. Okay. The other night, uh, while the Phillies were winning baseball games like they've been tending to do, Jake Arrieta was on the mound. Okay. And um, they had a runner on first who was okay. going to steal. Okay. So he takes off pitcher as the pitcher was pitching. And the catcher stands up to throw the ball to second to try to throw him out, right? Okay. That's Jorge Alfaro. He threw that ball 89 miles an hour. Wait, what? From home plate to second, 89 miles per hour. Good Lord. That is a cannon for a catcher. I I didn't even know they put a clock on those. That's fantastic. Isn't that nuts? Oh, yeah, they definitely watched that. But that is definitely... Hitting the or throwing the piss out of a baseball man. That is insane. Yeah. And the reason this will upset you. Oh, God. Who on the Rangers used to pitch for Philly? Um, Hamels. Yep. Guess what the Rangers traded away? (laughs) Hamels. (laughs) <laughs> no, 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 no. In that trade, well, if memory serves me right, help me out here. You may no. know, you may not. Um, he was one of the prospects that went, but that was mainly the Rangers took Cole Hamels and Deekman and Dyson, right? Yeah. Or was one of those a homegrown guy? Uh, no, they got I both. It was both. So they got three pitchers exchanged for prospects, and they took Matt Harrison. Okay. Remember him? Yeah. And remember, I do how remember he, Harrison, pitcher for the Rangers. Yeah, his pitcher, his his arm basically like fell off. Right. Well, I think he had like back surgery, like six of them. Yeah, he had that like spinal fusion surgery, and it just his yeah. arm was never right after that. And so they took that contract from him. 
So he would be a ranger had JD not traded him away for Hamels at a very strange time. Uh, I never really understood why that trade made sense for Texas. I think they thought they were one person away. Yeah, and that was incorrect. Yes. Uh, that was like not seeing the forest for the trees. Uh, <laughs> exactly. They were much more than one person away. The year that Boston had traded away Lester, yeah. they um, the year after that, they came back with like Wade Miley as their like number <laughs> two guy. And everybody really thought that they were going to trade for Cole Hamels because, I mean, it, it made the most sense. The only thing was that he had to waive his no trade clause to Boston and he wouldn't do that, I guess. Okay. So he had a very much a control. Like, I think he only had like four teams on that like he could be traded to technically without right. his permission. And he had to waive his no trade to go to Texas. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And that, yeah. that would have been 2015. Given where we're at in 2018, it would have been much better for the Rangers to start their rebuilding then. Yeah, probably so. Probably so. Well, but anyway. Now now I'm upset, Justin. You've I done know. your job. I'm sorry. I told, you that, I, I told you that they'd be bizarre facts for all three of Dude, those things. Yeah, absolutely. Good. That's some good investigative journalism that you got there. I appreciate you doing that. I try. I try. I try. Okay. All right. Tell you what. How about our favorite segment? Rapid fire! Rapid fire! Let's do it. Do Excellent. You want to go first or you want me to? Uh, why don't you go first? All right. I will go first. Who would win in an eating contest, Babe Ruth or Bartolo Colon? Bartolo. Why? Uh, I don't even know. I just – he has the most special place in my heart. <laughs> okay. He's that's in fair. My, t- my heart's Hall of Fame. You're Hartolo. Har- <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, real quick context. Uh, you know that Bautista signed with the Mets like right after we got done recording the other night, right? Yeah, I, I heard that. Like, it it was like they were trying to set our podcast up for failure. Someone <laughs> forgot to tell the Mets that bought or that we are the the best baseball podcast out there. So, Jimmy, what are you doing? That, that that was a perfect point. Perfect point. Um, will Bautista make it the rest of the season with the Mets? So much of it's contingent on their record. At this point, I see the Mets are competitive, and if they're staying competitive, absolutely. I don't see them dealing someone who's helping. But if the Mets start to flounder, which I hope doesn't happen, uh, so we don't lose our good friends, but if the Mets start to flounder, I think they will deal them. Yeah, I could see that. I could definitely see that. I don't I don't think he's going to be able to be dealt, though. I don't think he's going to be worth anything. He only batted 143 uh, in 12, 12 games with uh, Atlanta, so I don't anticipate much coming out of him. All right, next question. You go. All right. Which would you rather have happen? A, never hear Take Me Out to the Ball Game again, or never hear Sweet Caroline by Neil Diamond again? Oh, boy. That is a question and a half. Wow. Um, That was a weird sound you made. Like, that's a drop that I want to write down. (laughs) I'll cut it later for you. How about that? (laughs) Thanks. I would say... Um, I I guess I'd have to go with take me out to the ball game. I mean, you can't go anywhere without hearing Sweet Caroline. Say Fenway, it doesn't even matter. You, like that's, that's what I'm saying is, is like it it essentially comes down to you could never go to a live baseball game again, or you can never go to Fenway again. Uh, and it's not even in baseball; it's everywhere, like bars and not that I hang around there often. 
I feel like that's your karaoke jam. Like your karaoke <laughs> Neil Diamond. Neil Diamond? Jam. I'd have to wear the shiny shirt. It'd be like that movie Saving Silverman. Uh, underrated movie, by Absolutely the way. Absolutely underrated movie. All right. Well, plus question. you get Arlie Ermey in that. Uh, Steve Zahn, Jack Black. Jack Black is... That was... That was his prime, dude. Whenever, like, okay. from there to like Orange County, also underrated. Orange County, also underrated movie. Yeah, go ahead, your turn. Next question. All right, last question: Will the Yankees trade for a starter at the trade deadline? As long as they're by five hundred, yes. The Yankees will spend whatever money they need to to get wins. Yep, I probably agree with that. I don't know what. Uh, I don't know enough about their farm and everything. I know it's stacked, um, but pitching out there is probably going to have a pretty high price on it. So. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, man. Well, that concludes our segment of Rapid Fire. Well done, Justin. Well done, sir. Always enjoyed. Yeah. No, so we want to go ahead and thank everyone for listening. Uh, Once again, we couldn't be doing this without y'all. If you like what you're hearing, please check us out on sensiblyloud.com. That's going to be your home base for all outfielder-related items. Uh, Plus, you can go there and check out Justin's other podcast, On the Break, a basketball podcast. But guess what? We are all over your social media. We are on Facebook. We're at OutfielderPod on Twitter, at OutfielderPod on Instagram. And, of course, please, please, please go on to the iTunes store, the Google Play store, um, and rate, review, subscribe to our podcast. Tell all your friends and family to subscribe. Say, hey, Mom, can I borrow your phone? Type in the Outfielder podcast. Click that subscribe button. She won't listen. uh, She won't look at those little red notifications when she gets a new episode anyway thank you all so much we appreciate you being here absolutely we want to thank everybody for tuning in for episode 21 of the outfielder podcast we would like to thank all of our fans sensibly loud media and our sponsors and those with the sharp eye to keep the runners close grounds crew please keep patrolling that outfield and we'll see you right back here next time on the outfielder podcast